everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Future is Female podcast with me, your host, Rebecca Hocking. Within this podcast series, I'll be joined by a variety of inspirational females from across the UK who will be telling me their stories. I'm sure the stories that you'll hear in this podcast series will inspire you and will help you to learn something new as we discuss topics which aren't regularly talked about. Today, I'm joined by Liliane Uimana a mother of four from Miranda in Africa. She now runs a business called the DBI in the Southwest. I think it would be best for Liliane to explain even more about her life. So let's make a start. Hi Liliane, thank you very much for joining me today. So please could we start with hearing from you about your background so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. All right, wow, how long do you have? Well, I, I think I'll just uh, do that in short and see how we go. Um, my name is Lillian, Lillian Uwimana, and I'm a mother of four, I'm a wife. Um, I don't know. I, in general, that my like kind of family life, uh, I have two boys and two girls. Um, I came in Plymouth, I think, from 2005 which if I go back, will be more than 10 years. Um, I came really with uh, no English at all. So English wasn't my first language. Uh, my first language was my th- mother tongue language, but I, I learned in French. So I was completely uh, out of English. Um, so that I came in Plymouth and uh, I started from scratch, learned from how to say hello and then built myself up like that. Um, started to do some work in um, social care, um, but really education was something that I really wanted to do. And I felt like learning was something that um, was going to, to make me stand apart or making me stand out kind of. So I went into college, I did my entry three. So that is all the, the, the way that you do when you don't speak English, you have levels you go through. Uh, I did all of them. And when I finished, they said, that is not enough. You have to do your math as well. So I did my math as well. I finished that. So you have to do equivalent of GCSEs in order to go in higher education. And then I did that, uh, I went into, I don't know if you know it because I don't think it's <laughs> it applies to you, but it's an access course. So access course is what you do uh, instead of doing A-levels. Uh, I did a, a, an access course in psychology and sociology. At that time, really, I was um, in a place where I felt like, because I come from Rwanda, I was in a place where I wanted to understand more of the psychological ways of people thinking uh, because of the genocide that occurred in our country and the, the way people were recovering on the way to, to have to build a better country and everything. So I, I, I thought it, it was so complex and I wanted to know more about how a human, uh, human being can behave differently going for killing the person next to you to living with the person next to you who you killed all the family. So it was all complicated. So I felt like psychology was good. And I did my uh, access course in psychology um, and sociology. I enjoyed that at that time. 
and I passed. So I was offered a place at university, at Plymouth University. I started my first year. And as I was going through my first year, it kind of felt like it was bringing up so many things that I have never talked about. Uh, it was amazing. I really liked it. But it's uh, at the end of the first year, I felt like I wasn't in a really right place of mind to carry on with education. And mind you, I was doing that with my children at home. So I was juggling a job, I was juggling the children and I was juggling the university and I was learning all these things, these, these ways of, of, of the, the, the brain working and behavioral things. And I'm less like, it was too much for me. Yeah. So I kind of just left it. <laughs> I just kind of left it and, and I, I took time off. Uh, at that time, uh, I was lucky to have some counseling from the University of Plymouth. <clears throat> that helped me a little bit. I finished that and then I just felt like staying home, rethinking of what I wanted to do next. So after two years, I felt like I was recovering. I was kind of focused a little bit more. And that felt like uh, something that I've done out of passion or out of just real love of doing was business. I was a business thinker. I think and I do. I think and I do. And I felt, why, why don't I do business management? And that is how I really started to think about it. Gave a phone call to Plymouth University. I have an amazing man called Mike responding to me and saying, why not? You can do it. Uh, although you have spent a year at university, which you didn't continue, uh, you can do two years to fast track, or you can do three years. So I, I, I decided to do two years fast track, but that was as well very complex. I got I got pregnant in the middle, so <laughs> I have to rethink. My my my, life, my my journey has been always a a, a bumps in uh, in the way to to where I want to be. So. Uh, yeah, I think before I ended my first year, I was heavily pregnant and then I gave birth in the summer. And if you're doing a first track, I don't know if you know it, but you kind of um, do the summer period as well. So in the summer period, I, I gave birth on the 2nd of August. So you understand that I gave birth actually, literally in the middle of doing my schoolwork and everything. And I was still going there with the, with the tummy like this big. Everybody looking at me like, oh my God, she's going to pop any minute. <laughs> but yeah, I stopped for a year because I felt like it was it was important for me to kind of uh, take care of the baby and make sure that I'm in the right place to carry on. So I carried on uh, after a year break. And then, yeah, now three years later, I'm, I, I finished this September last, I mean, last year. So uh, yeah, business management, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the field because I'm working currently with my husband. I've been working with my husband throughout my, my degree. And I wanted really to focus on human resources because I, I'm a people person. Uh, I love, um, like my passion is to see people developing because I know I developed. I know that I came from a place where I thought I couldn't do it, but with a little bit of, of, of help in myself, kicking myself up and then failing and standing up again, saying, come on, Lian, you can do it. So I was a chili of myself. 
And I thought, if, if I was a cheerleader of myself, I think I can be a cheerleader of someone else. And I, I always feel like if I had someone cheering me up, although I did, but sometimes there are places where you are and these, uh, someone telling you, you're very good, you can do it. It's not enough. It's, it, they have to dig a little bit deeper to understand why, if you can do it, why are you not doing it? So I feel like that is something that drives me when I see someone trying, I'll always give the hand, I'll always push, I'll always give that encouragement because that is me. That is how I made it to where I am now. So I have been encouraging myself and then I have devoted myself to be an encourager of others. And how I can do it, I felt like human resources will be the field where I can kind of develop and make sure that if we have employees, we're not just looking at them as individuals or resources for the company, but we are looking at them as human as people who can uh, not know everything, but who can develop and become uh, what they want to be. So yeah, I'm, I'm at the moment currently heading the, the, the department of HR, learning on the job. I've never done it before. As I say, I just finished <laughs> last year, never had an experience in HR. I'm learning as I go, uh, but we are a very small company and uh, we're evolving with everybody that we have. And we currently have uh, like eight, nine, nine interns that we kind of championing and, and making sure that they, they have the right skills for, for whatever they want to do in life. And they're so amazing. So yeah, I'm heading the, the HR department at the moment uh, in DBI. Um, what else? Oh, yes. Uh, in uh, in uh, the first lockdown, so we have a project that is complete, is from DBI, it's from us, obviously, but it is a very different project, which called Jabulani. It is in, um, it is a food court, which is in uh, Union Street. Uh, I don't know if, but I think if I tell you a little bit about the area, you will understand. Uh, it is a food court which have uh, four kind of of people who are incubated in, in that food court and who are becoming the entrepreneurs but they've never done business. So they just have a passion of cooking. Uh, the other young man that we have have a passion of coffee. And then we provided the space for them to kind of trade, learn how to trade, learn how to do business and learn how to cook and sell. So they're doing that. We have Nigerian cuisine, we have Thai cuisine, we have Ethiopian and Eritrean cuisine, and we have a coffee that is uh, is made here in Plymouth. So they pass the, the, the people who give us the coffee, they are from Plymouth. It's the, the company called Owen Coffee. So we we kind of we kind of there at the moment. It it we just we just started um in uh, before summer. So before uh, when the lockdown, the first lockdown finished, we kind of launched. So we've been up and down <laughs> with the lockdowns and the things and things that we haven't really done because of the lockdown there's so many things that we haven't put in place because of lack of resources because of the lockdown but they're there they're trading they're learning and i i kind of project manage it at time uh when i i, I can so mere uh, multitasking ask me about it uh, i multitask yes and then in i think uh november but this is the last one, I think, that I'm, I'm, just, I'm just exploring. It's something that 
part of work, part of whatever else I do, I am passionate about young girls. I am very, very passionate about young girls. And, and I've been talking about it. I have, I have personally uh, have so many young girls who just are attracted to me and we kind of develop relationship, friendship and mentorship. Um, I don't like to call it mentorship, but I call it modeling. So I kind of model them to who, whoever they want to become. So I was, I, was just, I was just feeling like, why not taking it to the next step? Uh, although we are in the lockdown. So that one started in kind of, I think when we met, I talked a little bit about it um, in, the, in that conference. It's called Girls to Women. Uh, I started in, 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 in the beginning. So the first, uh, first was, I think it was the 1st of February, 2020 and 2020. But again, the lockdown occurred. I didn't know how to carry on. Uh, but in November, we had another one. So now because we have the interns, they are very techy. You saw how I struggle with email going into spam and, and then I click on it and then I'm like, whoa, where is the email? But it went back to my normal ones. <laughs> and I was, I was panicking because I thought, oh my goodness, this young girl gonna wait for me and gonna say, whoa. Okay. But I'm not very techy, so that is not my strength. Uh, but now I had young girls who are in DBI and they're very, very good. And they're part of what I do anyway. So I said, I have this project, girls. What do you think? They said, come on, bring it on. So they did all this thing that they did. And then we did uh, something online, which was live on Facebook and, um, and Instagram and all other platforms and YouTube. Uh, and I was speaking to a lady who's very dear to me. She's a friend of mine. She's a doctor in um, behavioral. Uh, she has done a doctorate. She, ha she just finished another master's in social work. Uh, she, she just have a lot of knowledge. So we were talking about emotional intelligence and more to tell the girls how to, to be able to not only have an IQ, but have an EQ as well. So that was good. It's been watched around, I think, 2,000 times or something like that, which is amazing. I never know that I could, I could, I could reach as many people as I can. I was just looking at Plymouth. Now, because of lockdown, it's kind of <laughs> spiral you to think a little bit outside the box. So yeah, that's me. Wow, that is amazing. And you have such a great story to tell. It's so fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with me. So when you came to the UK, you joined an organisation called Odils, if I remember correctly, and you are now a trustee for them. Could you tell me a bit about your experience with that? Yeah, I, I learned in Odils. I, I went, uh, that is where I started to learn English because English have levels, as I said. So when you come in, you're like on level one and you have to go on level two, you have to go in entry three, and then from there you go again on level one, blah, 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 until you... So I started there. That is, was my first point of reference to learn English. Mm, and then I learned what I could and I went to the, the upper level that they could give me. And after that, I moved into the normal college, <coughs> College of Prima. And a uh, few years later, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, life, life goes around. So a few years later, I met with the CEO of Odils. She is a very good friend of mine. But again, when I'm saying a good friend of mine, we met and we became friends and we start talking. I say, actually, I came, you know, we were, I think we met because of my husband and networking. And um, 
uh, and then we started talking about other things. And then I said, by the way, I've learned in your, in your school. So Odils was my first point of reference where I came, when I came to England. And she was, we started talking from there and she was like, oh my goodness, we need trustees. And I really, really asking you, please, if you can come and be a member of the trustee of, uh, of Odils. And that is how it started really. Uh, I've never been a trustee before. So it was a, an honor and a privilege uh, because I felt like it's kind of giving back. I was kind of giving back to, 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 to a place where I know all my story began. So that's how I became a trustee in Odils until now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that really is incredible. So from Odils then to the DBI, which is your business, could we touch on that? And especially about you being a woman in leadership? So uh, DBI started really as, as, as a passion. I, I think everything that my husband and I do uh, up to now, we never went into anything thinking about how much money we're going to make and how are we going to become this amazing entrepreneur. Although that is part of it, but we always go into things because we feel like that is the right thing to do, not only for us, but for the community where we live in. So DBI really started as an idea that we were talking about here in our living room about how Plymouth, people in Plymouth, that was my husband, as I was saying, people in Plymouth, because he, he, was, he didn't live in, in as much in, in, in Plymouth as I did. So he was like, why people in Plymouth, especially black people are always walking their head down. It's like, there is no, there is no oomph in their life. There is no, there's nothing in there. There is no like looking forward to. So he said, how about we, we, we start something that's gonna enhance people who, who want to do who want to do better in their lives, who want to be financial free, who wanna, who wanna do something out of their passion and, or out of something that they really know how to do well. So that's how DBI started. DBI stands for Diversity Business Incubator. So we incubate businesses, we incubate ideas, we incubate people who have started business but don't know how to scale it or how to go the next step. So that's really how we started. It was just me and him. We never had uh, any other person, any employee. It was like me and him together, you know, with all the struggle of starting a, a business with, with really not much funding, but with a very good idea. Uh, and that was uh, now is our fourth year. So that was uh, four years ago. Uh, we started by um, the day that we started. It was like for us to launch, we have to do something to, to, to show Plymouth that we have we are here. So the first thing that we did was an award night, which was celebrating uh, BME business that I in Plymouth, and just giving that tap in on the on the back, saying well done, because we felt like obviously we are in the minority, and it's very hard to be recognized. It's very hard when you're in minority to stand out because you are a minority. So. That was our first one, and that was four years ago. It was uh, in January, I remember really well. It was very cold. It was time like this. Normally, this January, we will be very busy. I wouldn't know even I, I will take your call because we'll be very busy preparing for our award night. So we have had four since then. We have had three since then, yeah, since our first one. 
So we, we, we looked at people in Plymouth who were in business, who were doing their best, who were, their ethic was really good. Their values was just for people, not only for money, but for people as well. So we recognized them and there were like 150 people or 200 people in, that, uh, in, the, in the hall. And we, we had food, people came in black ties, there were red carpets. It was just a night, an award night to, to make people feel good, feel part of uh, something. And then is where we launched DBI. And we've been here since. Uh, we've done a few of those award nights and they're becoming bigger and bigger. The last time we did in 2020, we had 250 people in the Plaza uh, Hotel. Uh, it was amazing. So yeah. Uh, unfortunately, because of coronavirus, it's kind of uh, on hold. But yeah, we're still here and we're still striving. So that's how I think if I've answered well, really well, um, your your question. And I think talking about women in leadership, uh, I always believe that women in leadership are very vital because we don't just bring our knowledge. As I told you, uh, my knowledge into management was not really much my manage my, my knowledge into into business i was i know that i have it naturally my dad was a businessman and i used to help him but that was then and that was in africa how do i replicate something different here and 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 start something from scratch but if you're not a great leader you'll never start something and sustain it but i think for a woman it's different because we have the nurturing in us we have something that is in us that nurture everything that we're given so if you give me a child i will nurture if you give me a child i will look after it if you give me a business i will look after it if you want me to multiply i will multiply it and i think we have that in us in in, in within us and it's just the, the 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 if if you bold enough to to kind of say yes i can do it i can learn by doing it and that's leadership. For me, leadership is about uh, really wanting to, to learn and make sure that you're going forward in everything that you do. And that is what we've been doing. And I think I've been, my husband always say, uh, if it wasn't for you, I don't think I would be still standing. And I do believe that, although uh, some people say, oh, but you kind of uh, putting, I say, no, 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 it's not that. I do believe that I have a very big part in making sure that DBI stand out because I will make sure that the environment is comfortable. I'll make sure that uh, the idea that he's bringing on is the best idea. We will always converse up back and forth to see if what we're doing is the right thing to do. And we always see our, our, our values being defined in everything that we do. Are we putting everybody else first? Because that is our motto. We put others first. We make sure that what we have within us we are transferring it to the next person. Are we doing that? Yes. And I think that is leadership. And how do you feel about being a woman in leadership where you live? I am. I think for me, the response will be, you find it maybe a bit different. Because first of all, I don't, I'm, I'm proud to be African. I'm proud to, to who I am. And I think me being a, a, a black woman, and being in a leadership. So my leadership, I wear so many hats. So as you say, I'm a trusting audience. I, I come in, 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 in DBI, I become, I, I'm doing HR. Uh, when I go into Jabulani, I'm project managing that uh, as it goes. And I, yes, I sit in so many other places. And 
yes, it's it's difficult. It's it's not easy. I think I think women don't have uh, this place just because it's been given to them. You work hard to 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 get where you are. As you hear me speak on the, your first question, it's been a long journey. And it's been a journey of doubt. It's been a journey of thinking, can I do it? Am I able to do it? But being in leadership here in Plymouth, especially as a black woman, it's not easy because you're not recognized. Nobody knows what you're doing. Nobody understands how hard it is uh, to be <laughs> in a meeting and you're the only one in there. And uh, not only you and the only one, but you're the only one from the background you are from. So it's, I just always have this positive mindset. I have I have cultivated it within me. I know what I'm capable of and I know what I'm not capable of. So when I'm within a setting, I bring that with me. Uh, it doesn't matter what you, you want to define me as. I always come as I am and I've always been true to who I am. So when I'm there, I feel like I will bring the best of me. And if you take it, good. If you don't, thank you. I'm out and I carry on. So that's me. It's not easy, and it's twice harder for me uh, as a woman, as a mom, as as someone who don't have enough time in a day as everybody else. I feel like I'm always under pressure to deliver, um, but I'm doing it, and I think I'm getting somewhere. So yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You're amazing. And it's only when you speak to someone in depth, like we have spoken about today, that you understand someone's life. So thank you very much again for joining me. Well, that's it. The end of another podcast. I hope you've all enjoyed the third episode of the Future is Female podcast and keep your eye out for more episodes coming very soon.